we have a responsibility to get the work to the streets. MDOT presents the Extra Mile Podcast. Highways, um, movement of goods, these are things that we rely on every day. Got to have the ability to get their product to market. As long as you're performing, we want to be behind you pushing. Morning, everybody. Welcome into another edition of the MDOT Extra Mile podcast. We've got another great show today. Um, as you'll notice, setup is a little different. We are on site at the uh, the headquarters of the Emergency Operations Center here for MEMA. Um, my co-host is out today. He's taking care of some business, but uh, Paul will be back to join us uh, next time for sure. Um, we've got a great guest again with us today. We've got the director here uh, for MEMA, uh, uh, Director Stephen McCraney. Uh, he is the executive director, uh, was appointed here in January of 2021. Uh, before assuming the role uh, as executive director, he served as the deputy director of the agency and the chief of staff since February of 2016. Uh, served 28 years, actually, as lieutenant colonel in the Army and National Guard. Uh, over 35 years of experience in the criminal justice system, Mississippi Army, Air National Guard, first responder, and disaster management. So he uh, quite the resume there, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I know a lot of that certainly contributes to uh, your ability to have this role and be in this role. Tell us a little bit about your experience and background there. Yeah, you know, when I'm, I first came uh, uh, out of the military, uh, it, was, it was, uh, 1986, uh, joined when I was 19 years old. Okay. And, uh, Came out and uh, decided I wanted to go back to college. And uh, one of the uh, the police chief actually from Hines Community College saw me walking across campus and was in uniform. And he said, "Hey, you want a job?" Nice. And and that's kind of the way it started. Uh, I said, "Yeah." And he said, "Well, matter of fact, we'll pay for your school if you come to work here." Even so uh, I was able to uh, to work there in that police department. Went to the police academy uh, out at Malota, the state academy and uh, started my, my, really my responder career there. Uh, worked for the city of Raymond and did uh, volunteer fire department as well. So when you were off, you got called back in to do things. Yeah. Uh, and so it's just, that, that was the first appetite of service. Uh, and the military did that to me as well. And uh, that, that kind of gets in you and it sticks. Sure. And that's kind of the, the role I've been through over the, over the last 30 something years. That's awesome. Where, where'd you grow up? Where are you from originally? Originally from Route 2, Box 374, Edwards, Mississippi. There you go. Okay. So uh, I throw that in there, you know, Highway 22, the old Queens Hill Grocery. I worked there in junior high, stocking shelves and working on a farm. And uh, that's kind of one of those things that you get instilled with you. And, you know, uh, grandfather and a few others said, uh, don't let the sun catch you in the bed at oh, any okay. point in time. And so you get up early and you do what you have to do. And uh, I had a had a nice high school career at Central Hines, uh, played football, baseball, okay. basketball. If it had a ball to it, that's I, I love to play it. Same. And uh, went to Mississippi College after that to do a little bit of sports. Lover of all things sport myself, so very much appreciate that. Um, well, as we're, as we're getting into hurricane season here, we are recording this a little bit ahead of time. So um, as, as this podcast gets released, we will be in the middle uh, or the beginning uh, full-on hurricane season. So uh, we know that is certainly a huge role uh, and responsibility that you guys undertake. But for the people out there, what else does MEMA do here? What, what are the, some responsibilities and tasks that you guys have to handle throughout the year? Yeah, you know, when um, we start at the very beginning, if, if you want to look at it, we, we do a lot of preparedness. Uh, we, we have a section here in office uh, 
uh, Loretta Thorpe's there, and, and we teach emergency managers and other folks what to do, how to do it, how to run an operations center, how to, how to do planning, how to get ready for those unknown events that, that come up in your life. And, and, and I can say that I have uh, really four that, that are watermarks in my career. One is Katrina. Who would have thought, uh, you know, I heard my dad talk about uh, uh, previous storms that came, but, but, and I saw the boat on the coast, you know, looking at that, that, right. that old hurricanes that came. But, but Katrina was one of those that really just, just, just fomented all my training, everything that came in. And you had to make new decisions every day because it was such a magnitude that, that the regular plans didn't fit. Uh, we do those plans because a C-130 dropped out of the sky mm. in the state of Mississippi. Largest plane uh, crash to date uh, in the state of Mississippi. And then we had an oil spill. I didn't ever think I was going to be working on an oil spill, but uh, we were able to do that. And then COVID hit. All, oh, those, man, yeah. all those are events. You have plans, and you've done a lot of work for it. But then again, you have to adjust those plans. Sure. And you've got to be ready to adjust those plans. So I think that's uh, what we do in preparedness and other sections like that. We're preparing people that, that it's, not a, it's not a written script during a disaster. Sure. You must adjust and you must do what, what needs to be done. So that, that office does a great job. Uh, we, we also train our own staff here, uh, as well as those emergency managers and those responders out there in the community. We do uh, education for newly elected officials to okay. let them know what their roles are going to be sure. and what, what those emergency managers and first responders are going to need for them to do while they're engaged in that response. So it's, a, it's really a full circle. So then we run into the response, the actual days before we, a known event like a hurricane or we know bad weather's coming, tornadoes. We, we work hand-in-hand hand with, with NOAA, with the National Weather Service, with the Hurricane Center, because we're trying to predict it down to almost an hour. Sure. I mean, that's what people want to know. Can, can I go to school today? Can right. I, what time? Should I leave work early uh, to get home? So we, we do the best we can. Now, Mother Nature has her vote in, in, all, in all of those types of disasters. So the timing is we give them gauges and uh, getting ready to respond there. So our response, we start contacting the locals, uh, the emergency managers in all 82 counties in the Mississippi Band of Choctaw Indians, which is in 14 counties. Oh, wow. So they have a bigger responsibility, not just where their, their headquarters is or where people think that in the Shoba County Fair, the area there, right. that, that that is their home base, but it's 14 other counties. So we run into a response and we start talking to them early. We start pre-positioning supplies. We start pre-positioning uh, search and rescue assets where we think that, that uh, keep them out of harm's way but actually put them out there to, to be ready to respond as quickly as possible to assist. So there's a lot of prep, prep that goes into that. Sure. And then the response happens, and then you're dealt the cards that you're dealt. Uh, so we move along from there. Once we get the response stabilized, then we roll right into recovery. Uh, and that is any type of damage to, to individual homes, uh, businesses, the um, uh, public assistance side of what we do. We're still working Katrina. Oh, wow, really? Um, on public assistance in the city of Biloxi right now. So th that's really the long haul part of what we do that people might not realize. Mississippi currently has 20 uh, federally declared disasters that are open. Oh, wow. That we are currently working on, whether it's in, in, the, it's in the recovery phase. And then right after that, we look, at, we look at, at the same time, mitigation during recovery because we want to build things back harder. We want to build it back more. Uh, where it hardy, where it will make it through another storm, where we won't have the cost of having to put it back together uh, and things of that nature. So mitigation is that next piece that we do. We look at floodplains. A lot of people don't realize that, that we actually uh, help manage the floodplain uh, in flood insurance state of Mississippi, along with the uh, 
Department of Insurance, uh, Mike Cheney and his and his agency. We're, we're, we have our fingers in a lot of different things, uh, and COVID was one of those. The Department of Health and us, we, we partnered up, and uh, we do some things great, and so do they, and we combine those two powers. And I think Mississippi had a great response during COVID because of that. We, we just we unify, and our job is to coordinate. We coordinate every state agency that's involved in the response to make sure their time in the space is, is where it needs to be. And along with the Department of Transportation, oh my gosh, I just can't say enough for them what they do to get the highways prepped, to get the signaling prepped on all the highways and things uh, during hurricane season, and then get them right back turned on. That's right. And, and be able to clear those roads. And that's the first thing you got to do is clear the roads for the emergency traffic that comes along. You've got to be able to get an ambulance down the street. You've got to be able to get out there with a fire truck. So it is a lot of things that go on. Not just, well, it's sunny outside today. Y'all aren't doing anything. Right. Yes, yes, we are. We are doing a lot. So it's a, uh, it, it's a big chore, but you take it one, one step at a time. We've got a great staff here at MEMA. I uh, can't be more proud of them, uh, being here with them since 2016. Worked with them since Hurricane Katrina from other agencies and okay. other, other uh, places. But uh, that's, that's kind of been a nutshell. Kind of we got, got our hand in a lot of stuff. Never a dull moment. I know that you guys are constantly busy. I feel like that word uh, unprecedented has been used uh, so frequently the last few years here. You know, yes. I'm ready for a precedented situation to Absolutely. come up. You I'm, know? I'm ready for one that I've already scripted and written right. to happen, not <laughs> not something out of the norm, so to speak. And, and something I really did forget to mention that people might not realize is we, we have a rep program, which is our, our uh, radiation uh, preparedness program. We actually work hand in hand with energy at the uh, for, for the nuclear station, which is in Port oh, okay. Gibson. Uh, we develop a response uh, for it, as well as safety uh, standards for it, as well as uh, any uh, radiological waste that goes throughout the state. D DOT and us, we work hand in hand, and we monitor those every mile, every foot that they drive in the state of Mississippi. We, they know, we know when they're here. And we know when they leave and they're going on to the next destination. I appreciate that uh, very much. <laughs> Absolutely. So. How does the public kind of stay informed with you guys? How, how does your outreach and, and how could uh, individuals like myself or others stay in the loop when, when situations are emerging, the info coming out of this place? Yeah, we've got a great department that uh, has grown, and, and we knew that we needed to grow it. Uh, when I first got here, the, the external affairs uh, division department works directly in with the executive and all the other offices in, in every phase that they're in. We just don't uh, put out information just before a storm. We're actually putting out information about recovery, about uh, the, the, the training classes that are going on, et cetera. And every, all the social media, we just went to Instagram as well uh, this week, but every oh, nice. social media uh, outlet that you can go to, msema.org is our website, and from there you can sign up and get alerts. Uh, we're, we're constantly improving that product uh, because we want to we want to serve Mississippi. We want to uh, the, the mantra that I have for the agency is people, 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 and and that's three huge groups. And that's the first is I've got to take care of the employees. That first group of people here at, at MEMA, train them, get them ready to do the job that they want to do, and they may make them capable. The next is 83, the counties and the band of Mississippi, uh, Mississippi band of Choctaw right. Indians. And then the citizens of the state of Mississippi, which is huge, uh, trying to serve them and get them the information, the things that they need, because during a disaster, that's the worst day of their life. Sure. So we've got to respond and make it better. Um, one a little bit out of the box question here for you. Do you guys have like a, you know, the, the tank Batmobile when you can go out for storms and, you know, just like bulldoze through stuff, you know? 
you you would think that we would, but we're 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 equipped with just about what everybody else has. I, I lose a lot of tires when I respond to disasters. Sure. Um, you know, we but here's the deal: we have standby contracts, and we're ready for that. That in case. Uh, our vehicles go down because you have debris all over the road and uh, we do have four-wheel drives during the the ice storm I went to work came here every day uh, I had a lot of other uh, individuals that, that came here every day and we ran these operations and we traded out vehicles with with uh, the next shift uh, to make sure that we we were here doing what we needed to do and uh, getting those supplies and, and things out that people needed uh, water supply to uh, uh, kidney dialysis units uh, you oh, name wow. it there's just so many things. If it's a if it's an emergency, we're involved in it. If it can't be done, we're involved in it, and we make it happen. And uh, it, it's something we're very proud of. Up to the task. Load the wagon, and they will pull it. That's, That's right. It. That's it. Um, it's uh, something that uh, really hasn't. I don't know, again, knock on wood, uh, hasn't happened in my lifetime, but uh, it's something to be aware of, right? It is. Yeah. It is. You know, evacuations are a local call, and and uh, Mississippi. Uh, the emergency managers are very, very diligent. We, we have uh, refresher courses, and we've done that this year uh, with our partners, MDOT, uh, with Highway Patrol, uh, all those that are going to be involved in closing down the highway and making it all go north. And uh, if you ever ride down 55 South, then you'll, you'll see the gates, and you wonder, like, why is that gate in the middle, in the median, and there's a road there? Well, that's contraflow. You're going to find and, out and, quick. And it's going to find out very quickly that we're going to push – uh, a lot of vehicles up and then you know, people don't realize that something you don't think about okay well how many people are going to now be in Hattiesburg how many people sure. are now going to be in I mean those populations grow by triple or quadruple for those cities and those towns to service those individuals and then the medical calls on the way I mean it's a stressful environment you've got to be ready with EMS uh, whether it's using uh, UMC and their and their helipad and then the helicopters that we can get out there because Traffic is not moving fast. You're not going to be able to pass somebody. So you've got to be ready for anything that's going to happen on trying to get all those people out of the way. And then if New Orleans makes a decision early enough and the state of Louisiana, we, we, we know we're on the call to open up that, that highway to get them to a safe place. And we also uh, have conversations, the governor's office and the, the governor of Louisiana, um, both MDOTs and then both uh, on the emergency side, uh, GOSEF, the Governor's Office of Homeland Security Emergency Management, we're all in that conversation. Hey, north is not the best way because the storm's going to come through Louisiana and then through the North Mississippi, so we don't want to push them there. So let's go, let's go west or let's go east, go all the way through uh, Florida. So those conversations happen with those other EM directors in Alabama. So it's not just a single event. Sure. So it's a coordinated event that uh, – None of us ever want to see happen. I don't realize how much goes into it, but things like that I would have even thought about, you know, but yep. some, they've got to go somewhere, you right. know. Right. Um, and speaking from personal experience, I was one who was, uh, for whatever reason, not afraid of bad weather uh, growing up and did not uh, did not change that until I um, happened to be in college in Hattiesburg and uh, the tornado came through and uh, it literally almost uh, sucked most of the roof off of our house right. so uh that'll change one uh change one's perspective pretty quick on getting ready what should folks do to uh, individually prepare and be ready for some events like this you know you know it's uh if, if you think about in the winter time i mean I, I try to get people to be prepared for every season and you can just have a little kit in your vehicle you can always uh, change out a case of water 
right. uh, that's in the back of your vehicle. Always have a, a blanket of some sort, flashlights, things of that nature. Always have some food to eat. Imagine getting stuck in traffic and you don't move for six or seven hours. Well, you you can probably run to the woods and and handle some problems, but then again, you're going to be in that vehicle with no food, no water, no nothing. I mean, you you have a child with you, uh, and now we look at the infant formula and what's going on there. Got to be prepared for a delayed travel time. So. Uh, uh, the, we always say the first 72 hours is on the individual, and that Clutch is, that. And, and that is, what are the basics you need to make it for those 72 hours? And if you look at, you know, we we both have a bottle of water sitting on the table in case we need it, a gallon a day minimum, okay, per person. So that racks up pretty quick. Sure. So when you when you think of how many are in your in your uh, home, you, you need to take that into consideration. Also, we, we've been telling people during, during this time of year, be ready and know what your neighbor's going to do. Sure. Uh, sometimes we, we come back from a disaster. We go, we, we, we evacuate out, we come back in, and we wonder where the neighbors are. We wonder where that elderly family is. We want to make sure that, and they know where we are, that we can contact them. And, and then when you're coming back, watch the news, watch the television, and make sure it's safe to come back at that time. You don't want to come back in while the roads are still not clear. You're trying to get to you. We're not going to let you back in that area till we can get it safe for you. So it's a lot of different components thereof when you look at preparing for, being able to ride out that storm, and then be able to come back in safely. And you touched on the, the 72 hours. If you would kind of give us a little more info there, that's dealing with kind of the federal declaration that you guys are you have to hold off until you kind of get that go ahead in some of those events, right? Well, we have a, we have an opportunity with the governor to, who, that can uh, issue a state of emergency, and that turns on every asset that I have. Okay. Uh, so we, if we look at a hurricane and we know it's coming, we'll definitely uh, do that up front. Uh, okay. And, and that way uh, that we can mobilize the state of Mississippi things. I can pay salaries for other state agencies over time that's going to absolutely come. The fuel, the cost thereof, and we ask for an emergency measures declaration through FEMA early on so they can reimburse us for that because you got to get everything in place to save all life and property that you can and it's just not that for bigger events it's just not there all the time for sure. some of the other events uh, we're able to do an administrative order uh, by the executive director of MEMA myself and that position is authorized to say we have a need tornadoes come through we're going to mobilize things and we're going to go and then evaluate whether or not we're going to be able to reach the the threshold which is about five million dollars right now worth of damage uh, per incident, it's not. It's not like all over the summer. I can keep adding things up. It's okay. each and every storm, like our tornadoes that came through last month, March and April of this year. Each and individual storm. It's like Tuesday and Wednesday of every week. We had tornadoes in the state. Know, yeah. All of those are separate events. Uh, some caused a large amount of damage. Some did not. So we have two uh, federally declared, not declared uh, declarations yet, but we've asked for that. Uh, so that's sitting in Washington right now. It's waiting on the FEMA headquarters and the president to review. So it's, it's not so much uh, you guys holding up. You know, we're, we're mobilizing and, and yes. moving out there as quick as possible, but most definitely still good advice on the 72 hours. Absolutely. Yeah. Worst Absolutely. case situation, you have your, your yourself taken care of there for a time. What about kind of the other side of the coin? Uh, once an event happens, what not to do? You know, what are some things maybe you've seen people uh, as soon as the storm's over, they, they run out or, or whatever it is, you know? Yeah, I would, I would say that one, one of our biggest uh, issues, problems is petroleum products. You know, when you're trying to run a, uh, a generator that you probably haven't really tested on your home. True. Uh, it's not wired up to attach to your home because if you attach a generator to a home and try to run it through your fuse 
box, you, you don't have a switch that switch off. So if you get pulses or the electricity is cut back on at the same time, that's that's, that's going to be a bad event. Sure. Uh, others uh, have moved their generators inside their oh, homes. Wow. That that is not 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 good at all. <laughs> we always tell them, don't put don't even put it in the carport. Hmm, put that right. generator outside. Have plenty of airflow that goes around it because it's going to get real hot. Uh, you're going to try to uh, replace the fuel that's in it when you run out and cut the inter- cut the generator off when you're doing that. So it's just little small things that, that uh, we, we take for granted electricity. And uh, it is a huge job for those guys to go back in and gals to, to actually lay those lines back down because they're going over hills, down in hollows. They're, not all the, the electrical lines are right on the road. We think they are. Sure, right. But there's a lot of big power feeds that are out there that, that it, it, it takes uh, the track vehicles to go in and do that. So they're, they anticipate that at least 72 hours. We're worried about life safety. Sure. That is where we are in the first 72 hours is making sure that we've gotten everybody out of harm's way. Uh, we can get folks that, that maybe are on uh, cancer treatment and other things that takes electrical power at their home. We've got to figure out battery packs. We've got to figure out those types of sources. We've got some great uh, partners, private partners from private industry that really have stepped up and helped us in the past. So, hey, look, we're going to put a charging station here or there and, and looking at those shelters where they can actually make that happen. So. It's a, it's it, it's always when you think you've got it solved, something else comes That's up. That's right, sure. Two of the ones that I, you know, this may be just a personal pet peeve or an actual uh, situation that you guys see. I don't know, but um, again, my personal experience in Hattiesburg when the tornado came through, the power lines were down. I was on the phone with my parents. They're checking on me. You know, seeing what was going on. Walked outside without truly thinking about it. I was approaching a downed line. And had there not been uh, an angel, uh, an older gentleman that was standing across the street just said, hey, you know, that, that power line's still hot. Right. And, I mean, I was two feet from it. And you'd, I was like, thank you, sir. You know, you don't – I wasn't in the moment. But, you know, those power lines, just because they're not up in the air or uh, they may not appear to be on, there's right. a good chance there's still power going through them. And then I feel like the other one that uh, you guys as first responders and, and many of our folks see is – uh, the traveling public kind of once the storm comes through, you know. And speaking of getting out and, and, and driving and seeing, uh, so much lighter side of things here. Um, you spend a lot of time driving and traveling around the state and, and stopping in for uh, bites to eat here and there. Uh, do you have a, a, a local hole in the wall maybe around here or somewhere in the state that you just, anytime you're coming through the area, man, we got to get a bite here. Yeah, yeah, I've been I've been thinking about that, and I, I'm I'm one of those guys. If I tell somebody else first seventy two's on you, uh, if you go and open up my back of my state vehicle that I drive in all over the state during responses, you're going to find a cooler. It's full of um, uh, various uh, water, Gatorade, etc. I've also got a box of uh, potato chips. I've got uh, uh, peanuts. And uh, I usually try to hit a truck stop or two to load up on sandwiches. <laughs> so it's a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sucker for a tuna fish sandwich from a truck stop. That uh, and and just, you know, it, one, I'm prepared to make it through my time sure. frame that I've given everybody else to do. But then again, you want to also see what's open, what's not. Sure. It gives me ground truth when I get out there and and start responding out, looking at the local responders. Uh, put my hand in the dirt, rub it. Okay, now I've got a true sense of what is needed and what's going on. But uh, 
Fancy restaurants, for me, during response, that doesn't really exist. It's uh, just kind of do survival mode. That's fair. And what about maybe non, non-emergency non events? You know, anytime you're just, you know, maybe out and about traveling, running around. You got a favorite? I'm a sucker for a great Mexican restaurant. Okay. I yeah. love it. We, are, we religiously celebrate Taco Tuesday every week at, at our go. household. That's uh, it. We're huge fans. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Director. I mean, it's been very informative. I think there's been a lot of good information. I know I've learned some things uh, and I definitely need to uh, update my my prepared list at the house. We need to get some waters and some things stocked up just in case. But uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. So thanks to all of our listeners out there who are tuning in. If you want to subscribe or download these podcasts, uh, wherever podcasts are available, wherever you get your podcasts, um, as always, thanks for joining us. We will be uh, coming back to you guys shortly in a, in a couple of weeks. M- m- my co-host Paul will be back. Um, and always remember, drive safe on Mississippi Roads. <laughs>